Welcome to Uplifting Humans, where we honor, empower, educate, and inspire the listener. I'm Solyndron Buller, your host. Our guest today is Matilda Tavanian, born in Tehran, Iran, which makes her Armenian-Iranian. She then moved to Los Angeles, where she completed high school. She studied law in New York and currently lives in Paris, France. Owner of a digital company, she loves the company of humans more than anything else. Her passion is to learn and grow with them. And that is why her podcast is called Coffee with Matilda, Journey to Self. Welcome, Matilda. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for this nice introduction. <laughs> <laughs> You're very, very welcome. Now, um, Matilda, can you tell us now, I know you've traveled to many corners of the planet. What is going on in Paris at this time? Why did you end up in Paris? Uh, well, I end up in Paris for, um, I think, personal reasons. Uh, Career-wise, I don't think it's the right move, but uh -huh. um, I met someone, so uh, he's Parisian, so I'm here to experience life with him okay. and hopefully make him my husband. Lovely! <laughs> I love it! A girl on the show Yay! <laughs> Well, it's a beautiful, beautiful city. I've been there a number of times. I could see why you would want to be there. Are you in the, uh, so you're in Paris, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, I've, I've traveled to, to the north and to the south, and I, I loved it. Each, each one offers such a, a beautiful place to be, depending on, you know, if you like the Mediterranean or if you prefer the slopes, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I understand you love meeting humans and you love learning about them. What actually fascinated you about others so much? Was that something from childhood or is it just something that you eventually grew into? Um, I'm an only child mm. and it's kind of, I mean, I think I've heard as an only child, you usually become either loner mm -hmm. or very social. In my case, I'm the social type. <laughs> Nice. Um, I just love humans. I feel like the way that you read a book and it's very fascinating and you learn a lot and you, uh, you like different doors open, you, um, you experience the author's mind and mm -hmm. you travel with him. Meeting mm -hmm. human beings are the same as well. Depends. I mean, I am not saying I like to meet people and just talk about surface things i like to meet people and talk about what are they afraid of what are they dreams of what are their what their soul needs i think it's very you can learn from everyone and um everyone can teach you something and it's beautiful mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well it is it is a fascinating a species to be studying so definitely <laughs> there, there's lots to study um, now you've had a lot of people on your podcast, a lot of people. How do you feel this will, like anything that really sticks with you, anyone really unique with a unique story, which just blew your mind away? Um, I'm gonna interview someone soon. Okay. I think he's very fascinating for me in a way because 
he was, I mean, I haven't interviewed him yet, but I've been in touch with him and I'm, um, I know a little bit of him. He had a very big uh, drug distribution in, uh, in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was a big drug dealer, mm. cocaine, and he was even trading horse. I mean, like very crazy story. Mm-hmm. He was in jail for, I think, more than eight to 10 years. Mm-hmm. And he came out as a very, now if you meet him, you would think he's the sweetest human being. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to him a little bit. And I mean, he fascinated me to think like, I could never think that's his background. Uh, I, I enjoy his story because I felt like you can change your life dramatically and you are your own author. Mm -hmm. I never met a human being that has that kind of a dramatic shift in his life. Mm. Um, so I think that's why for me he's he's very fascinating and I'm very looking forward to interview him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to share it with my audience that you, whoever you are right now, it doesn't matter. You yes. can change mm-hmm. and the power is in you. Mm. And um, I know that you have had a number of uh, listeners and you've spoken to many. Um, how do you feel this is benefiting the listener? How do you feel that your conversations with people from many different backgrounds and many walks of life and their unique story, how do you feel that benefits the listener? You know, Salindran, in my podcast, I want to show people that no matter who you are, we're all the same. We all have dreams. We all have shortcomings. We all are afraid of something. We all have... um, you know, insecurities and it's okay. And at the end of the day, we're all one, we're all connected. And if we can inspire each other, if we can share each other's stories and uplift each other, I think that's what's, I mean, that's what our mission is in life. I don't think there's more than that in the world to, to feel connected and help each other and, you know, and empower each other and enjoy each other's victories, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And do you feel that any of the shortcomings in some way or form has something for the listener as well? I think in my opinion, and obviously I'm working on my self-love as well. It's something that I think you work till the end of your life. I'm getting to this point that everything starts with you and ends with you. And I think if you really have the right relationship with yourself everything else fixed if you love yourself truly deeply and in the right way of course uh, I think everything is possible for you and all the doors are open for you Mm. so I'm hoping and all Mm. and whoever I'm interviewing for example I want to okay we're having a poor connection um it's not my connection on this end. You're frozen. Okay. I think I'm nope, okay. You're yeah. Now you're okay. Yeah, you're okay now. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yes. Um, so I think with my podcast, I want to show everyone that yes. if we practice the right self-love, 
lot yes. of doors can be open for us when we are open to our vulnerability when we are open to our wounds we can heal them and all of the people that they come to my podcast they have something with their self-love they've uh, maybe had some struggle and then they start loving themselves and then they came out of it they came out of that adversity strong which mm -hmm. I think that's what they ha all have in common. Now, you know, when you say it's all about self-love, can you define self-love? I think the relationship with yourself, what I believe is the most important relationship that you will maintain in your life is the relationship with yourself. Nothing and no one is there besides you for yourself. And, um, and if you don't respect yourself, no one will. Your child will not even respect you. And uh, we've got a choppy, yeah, we've got a choppy connection again. Sorry, can you repeat that? I think if you really don't respect yourself, even your child will not respect you. So I think everything starts with uh, how you define how you feel about yourself. What is your relationship with yourself? So how you, how you treat yourself and how you behave, your mannerism, your, is it beyond that? Like, I think it's how you feel about yourself, you know, how mm -hmm. when you're alone with yourself, how you honor yourself, mm -hmm. how you feel, how do you feel about yourself in this world? Mm -hmm. And if you don't feel you're important, no matter what kind of a position you have in life, will not give you that glory. Mm -hmm. That will not give you that satisfaction because fundamentally something is missing. Something very profound is missing in your life. And that's your love. That's your respect towards yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, in this day and age, you know, there's a lot of people speaking the same language and a lot of people also at the same time are feeling, you know, a busyness in life as well. And have you figured out why this is happening or what do you, your understanding with the people that you've encountered, have you somehow been able to narrow it down? What is happening and why at this time? Why everyone cares about like self-love kind of a thing? I uh, know yeah. everyone is feeling, okay, all of a sudden, I don't know, I'm, I, I look at myself. I couldn't have this conversation maybe, you know, 15 or 20 years ago. I couldn't have, mm -hmm. I, it, I was limited to the number of people that had titles and positions that had climbed the corporate ladders uh, of life, and I would not be able to have that conversation with them. Now, for some reason, I'm able to have that conversation. And I'm sure that in your fascination with the human being, you might have noticed some changes as well. And if so, what do you think is the common thread between all of them. Yes, I understand that it's self-love and self-respect. 
But is, is there something beyond that? Something beyond that that is happening that you have heard or have explored? Because to me, I mean, isn't the bigger house and the bigger car and the bigger bank account and the bigger title and the bigger position and, the, you know, all that all of a sudden now is not something that everybody wants. The majority doesn't really care for that. I think generation has changed. Mm. Um, now, all of a sudden, uh, caring about planet is something cool, mm. you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, it's very interesting. Actually, a couple of uh, days ago, I was watching how Tesla came to the picture and how he changed. Uh, like the day before, people were thinking, oh, having Mercedes, I don't know, Porsche is very cool. All of a sudden, they thought, oh, having a luxury car, it's not cool because it's not, um, it's not very gentle to the environment. But now having a Tesla car is cool because we are... The, we we think about the universe and our planet. Mm. I think um, things are happening. I mean, it's these trends, even very small, or maybe people don't even think about planets that much. But I think because it's, we're in that trend of it's cool to be like this. Mm. Um, so people are more in tune to green life. Uh, veganism <laughs> or there are people a lot of people are doing yoga it's actually cool to do yoga if you're not doing yoga then what are you doing kind of a deal mm. um, or going to these um, meditation classes I mean I lived in New York uh, for eight years and I mean it's not cool to say oh I don't go to meditation class or not you're not going to a yoga class and what kind of a New Yorker you are, <laughs> kind of a deal. Because it comes with, like, if you're at a certain age and you're living in New York or you're, you want to call yourself trendy, you're kind of following this kind of routine of, of, of speaking. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know, maybe uh, people are more in tune with themselves. We are more... Um, Maybe this generation has more time to, um, they're not on a survival mode, maybe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. Or, um, I mean, maybe we are changing our vibration. That's another element to this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, there are more enlightened people. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, all of this above, I think. It's, it's all of the above. Yes, yes, I do believe that. And um, have you had, you know, conversations with any males on your show? Yes. Can you I share? love males. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So can you, can you uh, give us um, an example of a unique male story that you've had on Coffee with Matilda? I had one man, which yes. was very interesting with me, for me. He, he was an adopted man. Uh, he got adopted when he was very young. And one thing that was very unique and very strange for me, I'm coming from a Middle Eastern family and 
we have so much, I mean, our, I mean, Armenian man or Iranian man shows a lot of love, affection, which is bad in a way, but in mm -hmm. another way you see like they're constantly pampering you, kissing you, giving you love. So I cannot imagine um, how his story, uh, how I could have lived in that story. Mm. And he got adopted and he never wanted to go and find his mother again. Mm. And he was so, I think, disconnected about it. And I was like, how can you, he got adopted, I think, when he was five. Mm -hmm. Now he has an amazing life. I mean, where he was at the beginning, which country he was. I'm not going to give you the details. Or shall no. I give you no. Yeah. Yeah. Which country he was? Yeah, which country he was, and where he is now. I mean, it's fascinating. The human he is, the amount of love he has, the amount of love that he has for his child is beautiful. It's beautiful to hear it. His passion is amazing. But one thing was kind of um, bothering me in a way that a couple of days I was keep thinking about him. Yes, that he has certain issues. I mean, we all have, and all of these issues we have is mostly from our childhood. Yes. And how can he doesn't want to go back to his child childhood and resolve certain abandonment issues, certain, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, just meeting the mom yes. and asking. Yes. I'm sure any mother, it will be very hard for any normal mother, I'm sure there is mothers that they can do that, but any normal mother will be very difficult to leave their child. Mm -hmm. But maybe she had better reasons to do it. Mm -hmm. Maybe she wanted his child to have a better life. Mm -hmm. So in order for his child to kind of be angry about his past, maybe if he meets her, and maybe he understands her, mm -hmm. her, his perspective about her will change. And I think once you change your perspective of your mother, you will change your perspective towards women in general, for, uh, towards nurture in general. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of worried about him or, I mean, I cannot tell him much, but for me, I was like, if I was his cousin or his sister or I don't know, someone very close to him, I will encourage him to go and meet his mom, although it will be very painful at the beginning, mm -hmm. but he can resolve lots of knots in him, lots of um, things in him, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, that would be an interesting, interesting meet for, for a son to reconnect with his birth mother. And uh, similarly, I've had females on my show that have, have had just equally, you know, incredible stories and journeys and some that have no desire and others that do actually want to connect and, and then they find out the reasons and it helps, helps you understand as a human being, the challenges and the struggles on the birth mother who had to, had to give them up. Now, you are a, an only child, like you said. Yeah. And of course, um, and that's a very unique um, experience being an only child because you are everything that mm -hmm. those parents would have wanted. How did you feel growing up as an only child? Um, you know, it's very interesting. I'm always happy to be an only child. And um, people ask me, oh, 
wouldn't you love to have a brother or a sister? It's like you, if you never had the ice cream, if you never eat an ice cream, okay, you know it tastes very good, but you really don't know how it tastes. So you'd never miss it. Mm-hmm. You never feel there's something missing in your life because you never had the taste of it. So I'm sure it's nice to have one. Yes. But, well, I never had one, so I don't know what I'm missing, actually. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, I never felt like, oh, I would wish to have a brother, sister or anything because I was just very happy with who I am. And um, I have a lot of friends. I'm a very social person, so I never feel lonely. And I love my aloneness with myself. I really love that. But... Um, Recently, like a year and a half ago, my mom had heart, uh, open heart surgery. Mm-hmm. And um, that moment was very tough because, okay, I was talking with my aunt, uncle, or my dad, or her close friends. Mm-hmm. But nobody had the pain that I had. Mm-hmm. Nobody was feeling what I was feeling for her. And when she was in behind the surgery doors, I was just saying, that's my heart there. My father can marry someone else. I mean, okay, it's a wife. Uh, You know, you can find another wife. Uh, The best friends, obviously, they're going to miss her, but they're going to find it. They have other friends. But that's my mom. That's my heart in that surgery room. Mm -hmm. And I would have wanted to have a brother or sister to share that difficult moment with mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure um, by years going by, I will have difficult times experiencing certain elements with my parents, health-wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's only logic. And um, I think that's when you would really want someone next to you that can feel or that has the same love towards that person that you have Mm -hmm. it's very very interesting um i know that uh, i have had friends that have been only children and and, uh, what i found is that um, the children actually felt pressured and um and and it's interesting because you didn't feel that at all. You're just this happy-go-lucky bundle of joy, which is beautiful. (laughs) Well, I can feel the pressure, but I don't pay attention. (laughs) Um, Obviously, you know, I mean, for my mom, I know I'm her everything. I'm her sun, I'm her moon. And it's fascinating that you know that someone loves you so much and you're their everything. At the same time, it gives you a lot of, pressure as well because you know you're their dream you're their um yeah you're if you don't function well their whole life will go away kind of a deal mm-hmm. uh that's why whenever i like i remember when i was learning to drive i was 18 and 19 uh in la and all my friends were all kind of driving fast and stuff and i was like no but my mom has one child i cannot play with this so i think throughout my life there have been a lot of times that Maybe I didn't do certain things or maybe I didn't go towards drugs. Yeah, I had friends that they were doing drugs and stuff. But for me, it was like, um, no, but my mom, I have 
only had one child and I have to be, I cannot just give away my life, you know, she's waiting for me. She's, you know, so I don't know, maybe you, you felt responsibility. I think, I think with only child comes responsibility. Yes. Yes. I could, I could, uh, I could, I could sense that, which is, uh, Mm -hmm. which is huge on your part as you're growing up and, you know, your friends are probably doing all sorts of crazy and fun things at the time and you're, you're not taking part. And um, Mm -hmm. that's also a sign of good upbringing. That's, that's, that's huge as well. Now you moved from LA to New York. Yes. And that was a huge shift as well because uh, the, the lifestyles are so different on the East Coast versus the West Coast. Did you feel anything at that point? You know, I left my parents when I was, I don't know, 17 and a half, um, 18. I was left 17 when I was uh, leaving Iran to America, kind of yes. leave the country. Yes. Um, it wasn't difficult that time, although I was an only child and I was very connected to my parents. But, you know, I was happy that no one is going to tell me what to do on my own. But I was like, like, you know, very happy. (laughs) And I never felt what my parents are going through, maybe because you're not mature to understand. So for me, it was just fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, okay, uh, of course, afterwards, after a couple of months, you're like, okay, this fun is okay. It's fun, but it's not that fun that I thought. I miss my parents. I miss this. I miss them. Uh, but when I was living in LA, I lived with my grandma for 10 years and she gave me a beautiful life. Mm-hmm. She truly gave me a beautiful life. So when I was leaving LA, I was in my uh, late 20s. I was 28. Mm-hmm. 27 28 and that was then i felt really pain it was very painful for me to leave her mm. so you because, had bonded, bonded yes. with her yes uh she, well she's the most amazing human i know mm-hmm. uh i have a beautiful connection with her uh and i had a, she's a very special human for me she's not only my grandma she's the special human that i have a special connection with can you explain that a little bit further i mean my grandmother Uh, was special and i had a special bond with her but i think mm -hmm. yeah you can give me an ex you know uh something i feel yeah yeah i feel everyone is blessed in something maybe someone has a beautiful body maybe someone is beautiful someone is very smart have a high iq the other person has amazing parents the other person has i don't know was born in a very rich family i don't know everyone has something very amazing and beautiful in my life my grandma is the amazing part she doesn't have education she has education to third grade but she has a wisdom of life when she talks I'm like, oh my God, Rumi talks like this. And she doesn't even know who Rumi is. She says it in a more common way, obviously not complicated or like Rumi. Or I'm like, oh, Dupak Chopra talks about this. Or, you know, I mean, a lot of psychologists talk about it, but somehow she understands life. How? I don't know. She has this knowing that it's so amazing about her. And, you know, Salindran, she, 
she pampered me so much. She wouldn't even, I mean, imagine I went to um, college and university there in LA and I would have finals. She would like, oh no, I'm not going to allow you to have alarm clock. You should wake up with a beautiful voice. So she would take my alarm clock. She was like, oh, in two hours, I'll wake you up. And she would wake me up saying, oh, beautiful Matilda, wake up. The world is wait, waiting for you. Open the windows, my angel, wake up. <laughs> oh. She pampered you so much. But at the same time, she gave me wings to fly whenever I felt I'm ready. And after 10 years living with her, I felt like I'm ready for New York. And I love New York. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then how was life so different in New York for you? Well, I had a shitty life at the beginning uh, because in LA I have you very comfortable life. Am I back? Okay, you're frozen. Oh, no. Okay, it looks like, okay, right. let's just see. Half a second. You're good now. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, I had, uh, I, was a, I was back, I was a student. Um, in a student lifestyle, whereas in LA, I had a very comfortable lifestyle. I was mm. living with my grandma and there was always friends staying with me because we have a nice house and fun house. Mm-hmm. It's not about just nice house. It was a fun house. My mm. grandma would cook for me and invite my friends. So mm. um, yeah, I enjoyed LA a lot. New York was not like that. There was one point I had to live with mice in the house. And for mm-hmm. me, it was like, how is this possible? <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I learned a lot. New York gave me the opportunity to understand life and the opportunity to understand Matilda and understand her boundaries. Mm. And so, apply the knowledge and the wisdom that your grandmother passed along. Exactly. And honestly, I've been, I, when I was in New York, I was more with my grandma mm-hmm. than when I was LA living with her because constantly she was. And I was like, if my grandma was there, here, she wouldn't do this. Then I shouldn't do that. Or if she was instead of me, she wouldn't get upset over this. I should be okay with this. So I really lived. I mean, I, her glory became more visible for me once I moved in New York. Mm. And then you took up law. Why law? Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I think I was 15 when I saw um, this movie. I don't even remember the name of it. Mm-hmm. It was a man that was fighting someone's freedom. Yes. And I was like, oh, that's very nice. And that's that's beautiful but then you know when I went to law I'm like I don't want to be a criminal lawyer it's not even my personality um but I think law gives you a very nice foundation about everything in America business-wise I think it's a very good umbrella Mm -hmm. you can do lots of things under this umbrella Hmm. and then Uh, you went into digital marketing or digital um uh, you you opened up your business. Yeah, so I've uh, so I've I've been in um, uh, so I worked in commodities yes. as a lawyer, yes. and um, I started. And everyone was saying, "Oh, you're very good in PR." I'm like, oh, "Maybe I should give this a try." And 
now I have a small PR firm. Mm. And um, actually what I would love right now to create, to, to develop my company and maybe make, um, help companies to become global. And um, yeah, I think in all the elements will be used. Law can be used as well. I think what a lawyer is good at is their critical thinking, is the way their brain thinks mm-hmm. more than anything mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so now you're in Paris and you're loving every second of it and you're soon to <laughs> start another chapter of your life. Isn't that beautiful? Um, it's beautiful and scary at the same time, but uh, I don't know, I jumped. Well, we'll see what's going to happen. Um, I, it, this is very new for me because I'm, I really love my aloneness and my space as an only child. Uh, but I think with my age come certain decisions that you need to make. Uh, I chose to be in a partnership life <laughs> uh, and see if it's going to work out or not. But I think it's working. It's, it's nice. He's a very uh, nice man, so I'm happy. Which is nice, and you need that, because otherwise it would be very, very difficult being an only child, having your me time, and then all of a sudden you have someone else kicking around. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) No, no, that's wonderful. Well, you know what? I mean, uh, hats off to you. You've done so much, and... um, and, and uh, I just want our listeners out there to, to hear Matilda's story and be inspired, chase your dreams, live the life, travel the world, and uh, nothing out there to stop you. Is there any uh, last words, any sharing that you would like to do with the audience? You know, it's very interesting that you said about travel and stuff. Um, I really love New York. Mm-hmm. I really, it's one, it's a city that I have the most connection with. It's a city that makes me happy. I don't have best friends there, but the city is my best friend. Mm-hmm. And I had days that I laughed a lot, cried a lot there. So it's very special for me. But mm-hmm. I always thought about, oh my God, because the city is special, then I'm going to be in this city rest of my life. That's kind of scary. And I want people to really, I mean, whoever is listening, to understand it's okay to leave the place that you really love. It's okay to leave a city that your parents are or your lovers are or your loved ones are and your best friends are. Mm -hmm. Uh, You shouldn't live in a place because it's comfortable. Mm -hmm. Every city brings different side of you, side of you that you never maybe experienced. And you might fall in love with yourself more because you see this beautiful side. So I would say just go for it. Although it's difficult to leave the known and go to unknown, but do it because you become more interesting for yourself. You become more, your life becomes more adventurous for yourself. Well said, well said. <laughs> if, and if someone wants to get a hold of you, Matilda, where can they find you? Well, uh, my podcast is Coffee with Matilda Journey uh, itself. And uh, I, I have my, my Facebook. It's Matilda Tavanian. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I think these two will be good. Or yeah, I have the same um, name of podcast for my Instagram as well. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so, so much for joining us today here at Uplifting Humans. And we look forward to having you back and listen to more of your adventures because it inspires <laughs> others. And uh, I'm going to leave the audience today by sharing a, a, a quick little quote because, uh, you know, as um, Matilda said, you know, it's all about self-love. Love is deaf to words. You cannot say that you love someone you must show your love, be love, share love, and you will be loved. So I'll leave that with you. So thank you for joining us here at Uplifting Humans, where we honor, empower, educate, and inspire the listener. I'm your host, Solyndron Buller, and we look forward to you tuning in to Uplifting Humans. You can certainly go to our website at upliftinghumans.com. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify and a few other uh, points as well. Thank you again, and we look forward to meeting you soon.